Just then a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? He answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have given the right answer. Do this and you will live. Let us pray together. Dear God in heaven, we ask you, as we always do, to be here with us this morning, and we trust that you are here. May my words be your words, and all of our thoughts, your thoughts. We ask all of this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. You know what? I've decided we're going to keep the sermon really short today. You all know the story of the Good Samaritan already. A man is beaten, stripped, robbed, left by the side of the road. A priest and then a Levite coming down the road see him and cross to the other side, not wanting to defile themselves. It was a Samaritan who got involved, who took it upon himself to care for the injured man, to bandage him, and to pay for his rehabilitation. You shouldn't be like the priest or the Levite. You should be like the Good Samaritan. Love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. (laughs) You might be saying, finally, a good sermon. Simple and to the point. (laughs) But that six-sentence sermon was some of the worst preaching you'll ever hear. It's terrible, not because it's only six sentences long. There's something good to be said about a nice short sermon. But it's terrible because it completely misinterprets Jesus' point in telling the story of the Good Samaritan. And second, because it replaces the good news of the gospel with the bad news of the law. My little six-sentence sermon doesn't tell you a thing about what Jesus has done for you. It only attempts to convict you about what you'd better go out and do for Jesus. But wait a minute. I can almost hear the gears turning in your heads. Doesn't Jesus say, go and do likewise? Isn't that really what the parable is all about? That we should go out and do the things that make us like the Good Samaritan? Well, no. And it's going to take me, unfortunately, a couple sentences more than six to explain why. Uh, But before I get into that, I want to start with a confession. And just for the record, you know it's going to be a good sermon when the preacher confesses at the beginning. A few years ago when I was in Florida, my friend and employer, Tullian Chavidjan, who was here during Lent, if you recall, uh, he and I spent a lot of time talking and writing about this passage of Scripture. So much time, in fact, that the things we said and wrote then are basically all I can think about when I think about this piece of Scripture. And the rub is that I can't totally remember who said and wrote what first. 
I I wrote an article in a magazine about this. He wrote a blog about this. Uh, We put an entry about this in the devotional that we co-wrote. Shameless plug alert. (laughs) I even at one point pitched him a book idea called The Samaritan God. All that is to say that if you Google hard enough, you'll find some of the ideas in this sermon, heck, some of the sentences and paragraphs in this sermon in various places, some under his name, some under my name, some under both of our names. But hey, what's a bit of potential plagiarism among friends, right? So let's do this, the Good Samaritan. It is totally true that the parable of the Good Samaritan is the second of the great commandments in narrative form. Love your neighbor as yourself. In fact, Jesus tells the story to answer a lawyer's question about who his neighbor is. The lawyer, it says, who is trying to test Jesus, asks him what he must do to inherit eternal life, and Jesus says, just follow the laws that you already know so well. The first one, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And the second, love your neighbor as yourself. But then, as lawyers are wont to do, he asks a follow-up question, which Luke, the author here, is careful to note is the lawyer's attempt to justify himself. Right? He says, and who exactly is my neighbor? And then Jesus responds by telling him this parable of the Good Samaritan. And almost all of us, almost every time, miss the point entirely. Now look, if Jesus had been asked, how should we treat our neighbors? And had responded with this story, perhaps be like the Good Samaritan would be an acceptable interpretation. But that's not what Jesus was asked. He was asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus was asked a vertical question about a person's relationship with God, not a horizontal question about people's relationship with one another. This parable, therefore, must be interpreted vertically about people's relationship to God. This story is told to talk about how people get right with God. Remember, the lawyer was trying to justify himself. The lawyer was trying to see how to get right with God. So that's what this story is really about. Not how to be a good person, but how to get right with God. Once we understand that, Once we understand that this story is about getting right with God, we can finally put Jesus' final exhortation to go and do likewise into perspective. Because remember, this is the same Jesus who told his audience at the Sermon on the Mount that they had to be perfect, as perfect as their Father in heaven is perfect. This is the same Jesus who told that rich young man That if he wanted to be a follower of Jesus, he had to sell everything he had, every stitch of clothing he owned, every stick of furniture in his house, and follow him. This is the Jesus who is always asking for the impossible. And what Jesus is saying 
in the parable of the Good Samaritan is that to inherit eternal life, you must keep God's law, his rules, his standards perfectly, which includes loving your neighbor perfectly. You must never be like the priest or the Levite who had perfectly legitimate, just by the way, social and religious reasons to not get involved with this beaten up traveler. You must always love perfectly, sacrificially, selflessly. There is no wiggle room here. In fact, not just on the outside, but on the inside too. In other words, you must always want to love perfectly, sacrificially, selflessly. You must never hurt anyone. You must always help everyone. Imagine it. Not only must you not skirt around the homeless man at the corner, you must give him everything you have. Let him stay in your home. Fund a savings account for him. Find him a job. Vouch for him. Give his creditors your financial information and make sure their every future need is taken care of. This is what the Good Samaritan does. You must love perfectly. Anyone here still feel like the Good Samaritan? If you want to, just go and do likewise. So, Jesus's go and do likewise sounds a little bit different now in this context, doesn't it? When Jesus tells us, which he does, that we should be like the Good Samaritan, it's not a word of invitation to be nice. It's a word of condemnation in answer to the lawyer's question. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus might as well have said, you want to get right with God? Love your neighbor as yourself, but not the way you're thinking about it. Be like this good Samaritan, and good luck with that. So, Far from telling us to become like the Good Samaritan, Jesus tells this story to show us how unlike the Good Samaritan we actually are. The Good Samaritan is so lavishly generous, so excessively loving, so extravagantly caring, that no one should be able to listen to this story and say, that's me. I'm the Good Samaritan. We're not even supposed to be able to think for a second that if we really get our act together, we could become like the Good Samaritan. When we hear, love your neighbor, we reflexively try to think of a group that we can call our neighbor that we actually do love. This is why the lawyer asks that follow-up question, and who exactly is my neighbor? Because maybe if the category is small enough, we can say, well, I love them. We're desperate to justify ourselves, just like that lawyer was. And Jesus tells this awful parable, a story that raises the bar of loving your neighbor so high that it excludes absolutely everyone. Every single person who hears this story cannot help but hear it and think, well, goodness gracious, I'm nothing like that. See, the parable of the Good Samaritan destroys our efforts. 
Jesus brings the hammer of the law, the hammer of the standard, the hammer of the rules down on our self-justifying work. You think you love your neighbor? Let me tell you a story that shows you what loving your neighbor really looks like. And so, in a rich irony, we move from being identified with the priest and the Levite in the story, which is who we ought to identify with. We're the ones who cross the road to the other side. We're the ones who never perfectly love even our best friends, much less our enemies as ourselves. We move from being identified with the priest and the Levite to identifying with the traveler, beaten and bloodied, lying in a ditch, in desperate need of salvation. This is the point of the story. Jesus intends the parable itself to be used as the weapon that leaves us figuratively beaten and bloodied, like the man in the story, lying on our backs, unable to help ourselves. We are the breathless bruised. We are the needy. We are the desperate. We are the broken people, beaten up by life, robbed of hope. But then Jesus comes, and unlike the priest and the Levite, he doesn't avoid us. He crosses the street to us, from heaven to earth, comes into our mess, and gets his hands dirty at great cost to himself. His very life given on the cross, he heals our wounds, covers our nakedness, and loves us with a true, no-strings-attached love. He brings us to the innkeeper, his Father in heaven, and promises that this help is not a one-time-only gift. Rather, it's a gift that will forever cover whatever future charges we might accrue. That's good news. And so here's a six-sentence sermon for you. In order to get right with God, we must be perfect, including loving our neighbors perfectly. And every day, we fall short of that standard. We are the priest and the Levite every day, crossing the road, not showing love to those around us. And the judgment of our failure to uphold this standard leaves us beaten up, helpless, and in desperate need of a Savior. Jesus is that Savior, and he doesn't hesitate to cross the road for us, taking our miserable failure onto himself and offering us his extravagant success in return. We are not the Good Samaritans. Jesus is the Good Samaritan for us. Amen.